Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fearscape Media Network. Exploring the unknown. One podcast at a time. Support for Fearscape Paranormal Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I used to use a regular beard trimmer uh, for uh, taking care of business down below. Oh, dude, I just gave up on it. I just <laughs> gave up on it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, after you uh, nick yourself a couple of times and, uh, you know, I'm really sensitive about that area because I really don't know what's going to happen if I cut into something that is a pump full of blood. You know what I'm saying? Well, dude, I'm super excited that we were some of the first people to get to try the lawnmower 4.0. In fact, Josh, using it right now. Oh, why'd you have to leave the video on? Come on, dude. Ah, smooth as eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, though, man, I love this. I have really, really sensitive skin. So getting to have advanced skin safe technology on this thing, I now feel confidence shaving not only my face, but below the waist. Right. And now you don't even have to bust out your cell phone flashlight because it has a light on the front of it. To hit those dark areas makes all the difference in the world. So I'm just telling you guys right now, our listeners, if you guys are shaving your face and body with the same trimmer, you are doing it wrong. So if you want to pick up your own lawnmower 4.0 trimmer or any of the other great products that are offered by Manscaped, like these amazing boxer briefs that they sent us. So comfortable. Head on over to manscaped.com and use promo code FEARSCAPE and get 20% off and free shipping. Again, 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com promo code fearscape unlock your confidence now smooth as eggs thank you for tuning in to fearscape paranormal podcast we are on a journey to understand and to discover the phenomena that seems to exist all around the globe We invite you to join us on this journey into the unknown. Ladies and gentlemen, to a wild and weird episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast here on the Fearscape Media Network. I am joined by my co-host, who is not just wild, who is not just weird, but he is both wild and weird, Josh Rutledge. How are you tonight, sir? I am doing fantastic. Well, that's not, you know, that's nice. Yeah, it is nice. (laughs) 
just wonderful. Oh, um, bless his heart. Oh, bless his heart. Oh, bless which his heart. A, so I watched. Which is a put um, down, right? So yeah. So I watched the uh, new Aretha Franklin docu movie last night. Uh, I really liked it. But it was called Respect. It's got Jennifer Hudson playing mm. uh, Aretha, which perfect casting. I mean, she's phenomenal in this. Um, and afterwards, so uh, I think I've mentioned it before. My brother's a jazz singer, and he he knows a lot of Detroit jazz folks because we grew up in Toledo and Detroit. And uh, one of his really, really good friends used to be a drummer uh, in Aretha Franklin's band for four or five years. I mean, he was with her and he always talked about how she took no shit, which in the movie, you see why um, they really talk about how she became the woman that she became. But the thing was, as he said, she had an interesting way of firing folks. She would always bring in homemade biscuits and they were the best biscuits you've ever had in your entire life. But you knew if she brought in biscuits, someone was getting fired. Huh every single time <laughs> it's like interesting you, you knew you were getting fired so josh uh if you'll see behind you there's a plate of biscuits <laughs> um no <I'm> just joking. <laughs> see my, my my cue for somebody was getting fired was um i would be called into an office and asked to go down to the mail room and get a box ah, oh that's awful oh that's awful the worst is that they make you come in like that's you know like yeah. just call me just say you know, hey your stuff's at the at the in the mail room do you know the best day to fire people on friday thursday Thir- why thursday it just i don't know they did a study and they said the thursday is the best day if you do it on a friday they go home and they stew all weekend and they come back on monday and, and cause a scene oh well, if you do it on a thursday then for somehow that extra week weekday helps oh yeah you- i always heard it was friday because they had the weekend to calm down that's what I've always heard. But anyways, anyway, uh, so if you guys listened last week to the show that we shared a whole bunch um, was Josh and I getting to be on Wild and Weird Radio uh, with the Wild and Weird West Virginia guys, which we love. Thank you guys so much. Well, we've got them on our show this week for part two of the mega crossover. Um, we've got Joe Perdue, Ron Lanham and Wayne Barnes. All three of them. We're, we're going to be talking some stuff, talking wild, talking weird all that jazz uh so you know make sure you stick around for that so uh but want to get into our topics of the week as usual our little segments here so let's get into psychic word of the week to kick things off and now the psychic word of the week psychic word of the week comes from the uh, Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary from June G. Bletzer, Ph.D. Rest in peace, honey bear. We absolutely love you. Um, we miss you, which is strange because we don't know you, you know? But like, do we? But I, I, I feel I like feel, we know her now. I do. I, it's interesting because this is a, a reference book. It's not like a book book. But, like, I still, I see the way that she writes, the way that she um, formulates words and puts things together and it does it does make you feel like she's someone that um, that you could have known so to speak it's, it's I feel like I feel like you're um, you're Dr. Bashir falling in love with the doctor you've recreated on the hologram on the holodeck <laughs> only to find out that she's really not like that or she's married or something 
Right, exactly, exactly. Um, but anyways, I flipped through the pages, landed on page 633 for those of you keeping count. Um, and I looked down and the phrase that I saw was time bender. And this is interesting. I wish Santosh was here because wait till you hear what this says, because we know Santosh, uh, you know, he does um, his his show and um, uh, his meditation classes, things like it's called psychic sleep, right? And so uh, here it says, time bender uh definition one dreams psychic experience during sleep interesting dun, dun, dun. it continues on psychic experience during sleep that shows the dreamer a past life scene or a future life scene can be distinguished from a dream because the scene shows authentic scenery and dress code and is easy to recall number two uh, any psychic experience that goes forwards or backward in time. So, um, yeah, interesting. So a psychic dream, you were time bending. So interesting also that we already talked about this. We talked about this on an episode of Astral Stew, because I remember you all making the joke reference that this was the missing um, uh, airbender uh, you know the, the whole. Oh, we did, didn't we? And then, we? and then I, and then I asked, what was the difference, like, between that avatar and the blue avatar? And then we went down that rabbit hole. But yes, we talked about this before, not from the book. Like, yeah, we didn't not cover from it on the, the podcast, book. But we did talk about it before on Astral Stoop because it got brought up, and uh, I yep. forgot all about that. You're absolutely right. How weird. I mean, this book has a bazillion definitions, and we pull one that we've discussed before. I love that. Yep. You know, and not a normal one like, you well, know, kinetic energy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so now you can, now you can write in uh, next to the book. Also see psychic sleep. Yeah. See psychic sleep. Um, and also, um, you know, uh, I, I think I posted it on Fearscape. Uh, I try to do it all the time, but yeah, you guys, if you haven't taken one of Santosh's psychic sleep, uh, courses you should totally do it usually does yep. it every sunday i think it's 7 p.m eastern standard time uh, i think it's uh, i think I think it's 9 p.m nine i don't know i'm in arizona yeah, so i don't yeah. know what times are but anyway uh, we the, usually po- post those links yeah. or check out santosh uh david 333 um on facebook or, or instagram he usually posts that stuff on there but it's pretty cool um but anyways uh let's go ahead and move on from that josh that was pretty cool because somebody is begging to be heard have re Cryptid of the Week. Hi, y'all. It's the Jersey Devil. Hope y'all are ready to meet some of my friends. Cryptid of the Week. All right, we are back. We're going to be doing Cryptid of the Week. The Jersey Devil has come back from New Jersey. I did, and it was really cool. I got to see my papa and my mima and my grandma and my uncle and my auntie and my sister. And I saw the New York Devil and I saw the Arizona Devils. And I seen um um I seen the Devil Made Me Do It, that movie, the new conjuring one, and it was not me. So there's a New York Devil. That's what I got. Yeah. He has he has golden hair that combs over the top of his head. <laughs> okay. I just make it politically humor. It's topical. I'm, I'm so excited, y'all, because I told Stephanie he has to cover this one because when I got back to Arizona uh, to stay with Stephanie again, because I'm still just temporarily living at his house for like a year. And I, 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 when I got off um, the plane, 
I, I didn't see Stefan anywhere, but I saw something I didn't even know about. A cactus cat. And I will hand the reins to Stefan. Thank, thank you. Thank you, JD. Um, but yes, he's yeah. absolutely right. We are talking about an Arizona Southwest uh, local native here that I had no idea existed until JD told me about it. I told you they're super cool. Um, but yeah, the, this is the cactus cat uh, is our cryptid uh, for the week here. The cactus cat is a mythical creature and fearsome critter that has been reported in the American Southwest. It's described as a bobcat-like animal with thorn-like fur, sharp bones protruding from its front legs, and a branched tail. The cactus cat has been sighted in the southwestern desert desert, excuse me, uh, in states such as California, Nevada, New Mexico, and Arizona, with even a few sightings in Colorado. Uh, So the history here is that cowboys and pioneers of the 19th century used to tell tales of these strange beasts coming out at night, slashing open cactuses, exposing their sap. On later nights, the creature was said to drink the fermented juice, and this would cause the cats to enter an intoxicated state. I'll tell you what, I had some of that cactus juice with them. We got lit. I was raving. We were listening to Nine Inch Nails. Why were you listening to Nine Inch Nails? Because that's how long their the claws were. Okay. Okay. Okay then. Yep. Um. But yeah, so they would get drunk essentially, and then stumble around and attack travelers. Uh, attacks by these creatures, though considered rare, did happen from time to time. With many frontiersmen waking up to find welts in their bodies from the cat's barbed tail. Uh, despite these attacks, the cactus cat was not considered an aggressive t- uh, creature, except, of course, towards a cactus. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> and maybe Snoopy's brother, who's always hanging out by one. Um, but the critter was also known to have a unique and haunting wail that could be heard at night through the darkened desert, along with the dry sound of its bones rubbing together. So when we go camping out here, Josh, we yeah. need to listen for a cactus cat. Um, some say that the cactus cat is a descendant of the wampus cat or the ball-tailed cat. Uh, uh, the scientific name of the wampus is the wampus babibulus, I guess. <laughs> um, but they say, some say, so of course the uh, skeptics say uh, that this is probably the story here of the, <clears throat> excuse me, the cactus cat is fueled by numerous cases of a misidentification, most likely being a bobcat, a mountain lion, or a porcupine. Uh, the cat's whale may have been that of a puma. Uh, it is also likely that the affable cactus cat was never believed to exist and, like most cryptids, was a product of a few bored woodsmen on a warm desert night. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the drawing here of the cactus cat it's it's kind of creepy like they do their tail looks like uh, like a branch that that got all the leaves ripped off like and some Uh. of the branches broken on the side um and then spiky head and so yeah it's almost like kind of reminds me of a stegosaurus cat yeah so it's almost like a cat uh excuse me a cat a um rabbit and a porcupine had a baby Hey, I wouldn't say that to him. He gets super offensive. You mean defensive? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, just whatever. 
So yeah, that's our cryptid of the week, Cactus Cat. Um, that was the first I had heard of that. Um, but of course, when I go to work, I'm going to be asking some folks if they've ever heard of the Cactus Cat because so, I would be very interested. If you ever, you know, those listening, if you ever get a job where you have to stand on the corner and twirl a sign, don't dress as a cactus. No. No, he'll get you. Uh, and here on cryptids.fandom.com, if you go to the Cactus Cat one, uh, there's a number of really cool drawings of what people think that it looks like. There's some really neat ones, I got to say. I'm like, where's this Pokemon? I'm totally in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Cactar and a cat had a baby. Uh, but anyways, Josh, that's our Cactus, uh, or excuse me, our Cryptid of the Week. Uh, we are so happy to have you back, JD. Thank you so much. I will be under your feet snoozing. Thank you. Um, but before we go to the next topic, I did want to say, because JD forgot about it, uh, we officially have uh, our Jersey Devil um, merchandise in the merch store. Uh, if you recall, a few weeks back, we said that uh, JD was doing a photo shoot with Santosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, we've got that. Santosh has drawn up exactly what uh, JD looks like. I mean, if I identical identical to what yep. he looks like we've got four different versions um some are just him playing some of him saying hey y'all some say the jersey devil but lots of stuff you get some socks a t-shirt whatever all of that stuff can be found at fearscapepodcast.com slash store as well as all the other stuff in our merch store um, not just for us, but all the other podcasts at Fearscape Media Network. But yeah, we really want to push the JD uh, Jersey Devil stuff because it's fantastic. And uh, Santosh did such an amazing freaking job. And you guys have to get a shirt of this because it is <laughs> ridiculous. I, I think I look beautiful. I think you look beautiful, too. Yeah. Uh, but yes. Yeah, so, all right. Let's go ahead and move on and uh, get to our final segment here before we talk to the boys at Wild and Weird West Virginia. And that is our UAP UFO sighting of the week. All right. UAP UFO sighting of the week. Josh, what do we got? Where is it from? Yep. So uh, since we had the, the folks on for West Virginia, tonight, I pulled one from West Virginia. So this happened in Beckley, West Virginia. Uh, it actually occurred on June 19th. Um, and it says here it took about two minutes is the total time. So here we go. On the night of 19 June 2021, around 1130 local time p.m., myself and my son were watching aircraft pass over the BKW airport navigational beacon and corresponding them to the ADSB data from FlightAware. As we were observing United Flights, United Airlines Flight 1520 passed Beckley from the southwest to northeast. A single white light with no other lights visible traversed on the inverse path from the northeast to the southwest headed directly towards Flight 1520. It appeared to be a higher altitude than Flight 1520. Upon reaching Flight 1520, as we observed directly underneath the tube, the light made an immediate and abrupt turn north-northwest. It was so abrupt and perfectly sharp, a near 90-degree turn. Both my son and I decided that no craft short of a military flight could make this sort of maneuver. Confirming MLAT data, the ADSB exchange, 
We have confirmed there are no known military flights in the region that would be apparent to us. I mean, are there even military craft that can do that? I mean, besides Tom Cruise on Top Gun, like. Well, even then, even then, there's a, there's a little bit of push out that happens. It's not just like a right angle turn, which right. is what this is describing. Yeah. Now, if you listen to Stephen Greer, right, then you would say, well, the military has craft right. that they've built based on UFO craft that can do this, and so, <clears throat> you know, I mean, it, it, there is a possibility that. The UFO craft was military craft. Sure, but I mean the point is, is that it's unidentified to us. That that's right. what we mean by yeah. that. So when I, I'm sure when this person speaks of that as well, they mean known, right, uh, military right. craft. Um, but I, I mean, do find it interesting that he said that there is something that can. I'm like, well, what though? Well, you know, he. I think they they said though. Well, let me go back and look at it. He said, <clears throat> um, one thing it could make this sort of maneuver would be a military craft, but. I mean, even so, you know, our understanding of physics is that objects in motion must stay in motion unless affected by another object, right? So if you are traveling along in a straight line, even if you want to make a turn, you're still going to continue to travel straight for a period of time before making Mm -hmm. that turn. If you were to come to a stop before making the turn, you would still travel for a period of time once you started to make that stop and then change direction and then proceed forward. So, I mean, it's what is the what is described here and i think what a lot of people talk about and what i witnessed in the arizona desert when i was out several weeks ago is there is no delay it's just it was proceeding in one direction and then all of a sudden it changed and proceeded in a completely different direction so i don't know interesting as always um i mean just stuff we've seen what other folks have seen and everything we talked about with mark d'antonio last week man i'm just I mean, I, I got to tell you, when I go out at night now with my uh, night vision, um, I mean, I still look at, you know, the stuff that's flying around at a real high altitude, but I know that that stuff's probably satellites. I mean, the, the, the chances of that making an abrupt sudden move is probably slim. But what I do now is I find aircraft because there does seem to be a lot of of the UFO craft that seem to be interested in our mm-hmm. aircraft. And so I watch aircraft closely to see if there's things that kind of pop up that, you know, shouldn't be there. So, right. Right. Uh, well, cool. Thank you, Josh, for that. Um, but let's go ahead and uh, go ahead and uh, move right along, man. And uh, we'll be back in a few seconds. Uh, we're going to be talking with the boys from wild and weird West Virginia and the wild and weird West Virginia con that's coming up. So uh, be on the lookout. Hey there, Blanket Huggers. Stefan here from Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Got some good news for you. If you want to join in on the investigation of the mystery of the recent emails from the man claiming to be Terry Rist to Josh and myself, a.k.a. the Spooky Crew, uh, and his advice on where to look for more high strangeness, uh, or if you simply want to become a patron blanket hugger for some cool swag and behind-the-scenes goodness... Go ahead and join our Patreon at fearscapepodcast.com slash support or patreon.com slash fearscapepod. There you can get risk watch access to the Terry emails themselves, the WhatsApp conversation about it all with Josh, Stefan, Santosh, and Olaf Phillips, and even any clues that are new that we have found in other Fearscape-related bonus content. You can even help out and add anything that you have found to help 
us dive deeper into the mystery. And remember, you can also just be a normal blanket hugger, as there are a few non-wristwatch tiers for patrons not interested in Terry Wrist and that journey. You'll still have access to bonus interviews, articles, and live Patreon-only Q&As, as well as early access and discounted tickets to events put on by Fearscape, such as psychic events, tarot readings, etc. Or you can simply support however you feel comfortable, with tiers as low as $1. So join today! Thank you guys so much for sticking around. Uh, like we said, we have uh, the uh, wild and weird West Virginia bunch. We've got Wayne Barnes, Joe Perdue, and Ron Lanham here. Thank you guys so much for coming on our show uh, and uh, gracing us with your presences. Thank you. Hey, I'm You're glad not- to be here. Yeah, I'm not giving you any presences. Oh, man, not even for Christ Mass? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, you, as you guys know, we talk about these guys all the time. We love wild and weird West Virginia. We just love West Virginia. And then we found something even more to love, which is you guys. Uh, absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. We we don't even look at you guys as competition, but as something to strive towards. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, oh wait. Wayne's on here. That was meant for Joe and Ron. Um, Wayne is like when you get to the end of the tunnel. Like, but you run out of food and he's the only person there offering food and you're like shit I'll eat it I'll take it <laughs> no, I'm like the I'm like a really great movie that ends badly you know and you just go what the hell was that <laughs> like Game of Thrones you know you went what is that yeah that's Fantastic. me <laughs> so yeah so thanks thanks guys for coming on I'm, you know we had a blast uh, being on your all show last whatever it was um and uh just want to you know continue the conversation and i've been my brain has been brewing since then so i got all kinds of weird you stuff i'm gonna talk to you about you know stuff it's like shut up dude save it for the show <laughs> <laughs> so but uh before we jump into the conversation and start getting really uh wild and weird so what i did there um <clears throat> wanted to ask you guys you know kind of what you all asked us right so uh how did you know pick somebody uh joe how did you all get started how did you get started doing wild and weird and then what led you to the podcast well uh ron and i worked together a long time ago in a pet shop that was weird and uh (laughs) so halfway there right you got weird (laughs) right so uh Ron a little wild too, right? Involved in this stuff for a long time. And I had had my own personal encounters uh, before I ever met Ron. And uh, we started, we would talk about that stuff off and on there at the shop. Well, we started a reptile breeding business and that was about 12 years ago. And uh, <clears throat> we were, we were seeing similar to how the reptile business got its name and got its start. We've seen a lot of stuff that we're just like, wow, we, we can do this and we can actually remove a lot of the bias out and we can do real honest research and we can make non pop culture influenced art based off of actual descriptions. And, and we can actually do this. Uh, and so <clears throat> we started wild and weird West Virginia kind of that way. And um, we were adopted 
by the folks there at the Mothman Museum, and they brought us <laughs> in to, to do the um, festival. And then they started, you know, moving our stuff that we make in their gift shops and whatnot. And that really just catapulted us into the next phase, which was actual research. And uh, what's funny is we had talked about starting a podcast years ago. Didn't everybody? (laughs) Right. And we had all the equipment, like we had already had it. It was sitting there collecting dust. And we went to a show called um, Creature Weekend. And there was this guy there that just would not quit trying to sell me this stupid concrete Bigfoot. Yeah, that guy was annoying. <laughs> like, like, like really big, like yard ornament type thing. Yeah, Guys, always, he's like, right here with us. That was Wayne. <laughs> it's like, yeah, talking about me so, like I'm not here. Thanks. From from the minute we walked in and sat down and we're getting all the stuff together and and trying to set the table up, Wayne just started harassing us from <laughs> from the minute we got there. And then all of a sudden it turned into Wayne and Ron both harassing me, <laughs> and I was like. Well, yeah. here we I are. Knew, I knew he was cool when he was like, you know, making those little jabs at you. I'm like, well, this guy's cool. Yeah. <laughs> right? Something's got to so, be right about him. <laughs> so after that weekend, things really started, you know, we, we kind of uh, adopted Wayne into the wild and weird family at that point. We, we went and had some drinks and we were sharing our stories back and forth and everything just really clicked. And like when I say brought him into the wild and weird family, I mean like me and Ron actually considered this dude family and we're like this this guy's great and um then you know the coronavirus outbreak happened and we were all kind of just not doing anything shows were shut down yeah there was no conventions going on we were in lockdown mode and we were like let's go ahead and get this podcast thing started and i I was talking to ron about it and i said why don't, why don't we bring in a, a third voice just so that way people don't get tired of listening to me and you because we can get into some really deep weird tangents sometime mm-hmm. and and we need to bring somebody in that's going to be uh, asking questions that the rest of the world will ask but's also going to have a good knowledge base so we were thinking well who who's that going to be and we looked and looked and looked and we couldn't find anybody so then we asked Wayne <laughs> <laughs> so, that sounds about so, right so not a voice of sanity then. That's not what you're looking for. No, no. That's, no. So we brought Wayne in. Voice and, of uh, vanity. He, he, he was who's, our. Uh, who's the our biggest smart ass we know? <laughs> <laughs> he was the only choice for the third host, and uh, and we brought him in, and it just started, and then um, after that, you know, the rest is history, and here we are. And it is. It's a great dynamic. I love that three dynamic. We have our YouTube show, Astral Stew, that we do with our friend Santosh, and it gives a different dynamic, of course, than when it's just Josh and I. So, I, And I love your guys' dynamic. It's absolutely so, phenomenal and fun. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm most interested from that, that whole long thing there is that um, how do you breed reptiles? Like, do you put on very white? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> little, bottle, little, little glasses of wine? I'm going to try that the next time with Sambo. Like, all right, I got this Komodo dragon and I got a Burmese python. Let's see what happens. Get the berry. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, Hello, it, that's kind of how we do it. Yeah. In a roundabout sort of way without giving too many trade secrets out. Yeah. No, my <laughs> uncle is a reptile breeder. Um, legit. He's done it for a long, long time. Snakes specifically. So, is that, <laughs> is that Bill? Yeah. My uncle Bill. Yeah. Bill, Bill who? Bill Barr. 
Bill Barr, really? Is that's yeah. your uncle? Bill Barr, and he's a raging alcoholic, and we always thought that was funny that his last name was Barr. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have a chance. He didn't yeah, have a he's chance. A, he's a, my, my dad's half-brother, so my dad doesn't have that same last name, so that came from his dad, but we still, yeah, we always laughed at that. Barr's been in this game, or well, in the reptile game for Ever. Long, long, long time, man. He, had, yeah. he used to live down um, near Somerset for a long time. That's when he was really, really doing it. Now he's up in Michigan and he's doing a lot up there um, and, and different stuff like that. But I always yeah. thought it was I always thought it was funny because when I would go to your house, you'd have uh, like a like a box of rats that he would be breeding. And I'm like, oh, what do you what do you we breed had, rats? We had rats, gerbils, and hamsters until because we had a snake named Carcass. Before we started, um, we had a, a Burmese python. He was 11 feet, but we had him from when he was a little baby. And so we bred all these animals. I always had to keep one or two for pets for me, but then we had to feed the rest. <laughs> so, yeah, I love snakes, man. They're cool. Yeah, see, that's how I yeah, first no. got into it was was working with snakes, and then um, Ron convinced me that there was a better way, and. Uh, <laughs> I, I moved off all my ball pythons and most of the boa stuff that I was dealing with, and we went with uh, crested geckos and Cryptids. a bunch of other new Caledonians. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, well, well, oddly really enough, um, crested geckos. Ron, tell them that story. They really are cryptid. They, you know, they were uh, they were thought to be extinct. Yes, <laughs> yes, they were actually uh, thought to be extinct for years, decades. And uh, and now they're like the most popular uh, small lizard in the hobby. Wow! So, yeah, they're 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 pretty much a legend. That's so we crazy. actually breed cryptids here in the basement. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, that, again, <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, I felt like when you were talking about having a weird pet shop, you were like selling jackalopes and you know just. <laughs> if you'd have seen some of the stuff the owner bought, yeah, oh, you, oh. yeah. <laughs> There was a hey monkey guys. named Jack, and I'll let you figure out how it got its name. Yeah. Because <laughs> his mother named him that. Yeah. 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 yeah hey, obviously. guys. Let, let's kick back to this story about how we met. First of all. <laughs> Everybody buckle up. Everybody buckle up. No, no, no. Just, just a couple quick things. First of all, Joe did leave with that Bigfoot. It's set oh, in my flower garden. Right? I did too, Wayne. You sold did, me one yes, too. And Ron yeah. too. He got us both. Did you get that at That's that cement it. shop over in uh, Clarksville there, Wayne? I did. I know the lady that runs it. <laughs> I lived right down the street from there. I love that place. <laughs> so, the, uh, the other thing is this. He didn't tell you that I was trying to sell his stuff, his and Ron's stuff, more than I was my own. He did. It, he did. And then we tried to sell his stuff as well. And it just uh, didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was this one blind dude that did walk around. And, uh, we told him that it was just an absolutely beautiful work of art. And he actually bought one of those. <laughs> yeah. He said, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> but we did. We oh, literally hit it off that day. And it was just like, we knew, that, you know, at the end of that show, at five o'clock that evening, we knew that Wayne Barnes was somebody we were going to do something with in the future. We yep. just didn't know what that something would be. Yeah, yeah that that was a that was a fun weekend. That was a very fun weekend. It really was. I mean, you sit there at the bar that evening and told us your account. You had never done that, and you know that was just crazy. I'm like, you know, and I'm sitting here like every word. You know, I'm hanging on to every single word. I'm like, 
wow, because this is stuff that you do not talk about. And here you are, total strangers. And it was it just came natural. You know, I think it's easy, though, for a lot of people, though, to talk about that kind of stuff, you know, because we get we get folks that come on our show. Right. And they they will lay things out that they have never shared with anybody. And I think sometimes it's easier for people to tell things to strangers than it is to tell them to their own family and friends. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I think you, you may be right about that. Or there's that common bond. We always, right. well, we call yeah. it last time, right. The yeah. weird factor, the right. weird man. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, for, I mean, it's like stumbling upon Joe back in the day. I mean, I don't even remember how we got to that. Josh, do you remember how we got uh, the original story? So I Something. think that, Somebody a friend of a friend, I think. Yeah, it was Ray. It was my friend Ray. And and then we had those mutual friends, um, Nicole and Dominique. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yep. From uh, yeah, from West Virginia there. And and it was just like and we were really trying to get the other guy in the show, but it turned out to be the whole show with Joe, which was freaking great because we spent like an hour and a half waiting for this guy. So we got to look at all of like the stuff you were making and yeah. looking at. So like, there's all this stuff people don't even know that happened like before. Yeah. Even. I just had yeah, a good time and that led to all this. And man, I, I love the hell out of you guys. It's, it, it's always a pleasure. Yep. Yeah. We like you. Okay. Too. <laughs> weird you know, I, finds weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I, I, you know, I occasionally posted things up on various groups, and Ron jumps in and tells me how I'm wrong about everything that I'm looking at. So I do that. I, Thank know. God, because he listens to you. He don't listen to me. Yeah. He says I have a photographic memory. I remember seeing it somewhere, and I'm like, cool. Yeah, the internet always tells the truth, Josh. <laughs> Wait, it doesn't. Yeah, no, it does, Wayne. Okay. Believe, believe, me there every, for a minute. believe everything you read. <laughs> so, um, so kind of jumping into a little bit of the weird uh, today, um, man. You know, we left off uh, last time talking with you guys. Like I said, I, my brain was rambling, but <clears throat> Stefan and I had already kind of agreed ahead of time we were going to start off with uh, with the one you know kind of topic to kick us off. And so, um, wanted to know your all's thoughts. On yes, ultra- you can make soap out of humans. I knew it. Knew it. Knew it. <laughs> and it is thing. ethical. It is ethical. And it, it's a good thing about all that Castile soap. So, <laughs> so, um, but no. What do you all, What do y'all feel about uh, ultra terrestrials, as described by John Keel? Oh, go for it, Joe. You know you. <laughs> I love right. Ultraman. All right. Oh, I so- love Ultraman too. So here's here's the thing. Uh, first, I'm not the biggest fan of Kill, and neither is Ron or Wayne. We um, okay. There's Kill was really bad about I'm not more of a fan than you. He said, <clears throat> you know, he would uh, just put things into books and hope for the best. Um, there's there's a whole lot of that. Like if you get to people that actually knew him and talked to some people who were interviewed by him, he also led the witness a whole lot. Now, this his theories uh, combined with some of Jacques Vallée and a few mm-hmm. of the other people with the extra-dimensional, ultra-terrestrial uh, hypothesis, they um, they divided the camp, right? Yep. Just like with everything else, you've got mm-hmm. your extra-terrestrial camp, and then you've got your ultra-terrestrial camp. Right. Or an ultra-terrestrial kind of umbrella covers the extra-dimensional. <laughs> yeah. So. Yep, yep. Um, at the end of the day, what difference does it make? Like, really? <laughs> right. Um, these things are, are they're not from this earth. 
that implies that there might be more Earths, uh, like say extra dimensions yeah. or, or something of that nature. Um, they're still not from here. So <laughs> what difference does it make where the ship is coming from or where the creature is coming from? They're not from here. Mm-hmm. So yeah. why, why cause the schism? You know? Well, well, so- well wait a minute. Because if they're coming from like the planet of I love you and you're, you know, I love humans. They're great. Wonderful. We just want to be friends versus I'm coming from the planet of I'm going to destroy you and eat your ass. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to. It doesn't the, matter. the second part could also be from the planet of I love you as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Would they eat your ass though after they destroy you or before? I don't understand. Well, you could be getting destroyed. I mean, Why? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Wayne. Okay, bad analogy. <laughs> but um, you know, it, it's interesting because one of the things that Stefan uh, kind of went down was what were ultra are ultra terrestrials more of a descriptor of another species living on the Earth, like alongside of humans. Or do you think Kiel, and again, I know that Kiel's not the favorite here, but do you think he really meant interdimensional when he was talking about ultra terrestrials? Well, he, he had mentioned that uh, that theory. You know, he he's one of the ones that that kind of originated with is that they're crossing dimensions or that they could have already, they, they could have basically predated us. Yeah. Um, now, suppose that these ultra terrestrials were here before us and then were the extraterrestrials. Right. Ancient astronaut theorists say yes. <laughs> a lot. Thank you. Thank you. I'll yeah. say dinosaurs should be called mega terrestrials. Yeah. They should be. <laughs> they will be. So so uh what makes necessary ultra implies like greater than or better than. Right. right? So what then would make a species that lives here covertly? why would they live here covertly if they were better than what we were? Mm. Like, there's a reason they went underground. If that's the case, I mean, humans could just be the intergalactic equivalent of cockroaches. Right. Where that's we true. land somewhere and take over um, and drive the rest of everybody mad. So they go over underground, but I don't know. Like maybe they're community. just here to eat our ass. I don't know. <laughs> that's all I got. Well, like, like, like the guy so, in the, you know, like the guy in the matrix, you know, maybe, Humanity is a virus. So, yeah, yeah. The architect. I right. actually just watched the video about that earlier today. Oddly enough, synchronicity. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ron, I want to hear what you what about about Kiel? Yeah, about no, about the ultra terrestrial in general. Oh, well, well, you know, I'm. I think that the use of the word ultra terrestrial implies that, like you said, it's beyond. So in his uh, definition, he really tried to say that these things were uh, a part of a supernatural hierarchy. Yeah. And so that's where the ultra comes from. Right. It was more of a, uh, a definition of terminology than an actual, I think, definition of a species or a uh, what have you, you know. Um, can they be the same thing as uh, extraterrestrial, uh, ultra dimensional, extra dimensional? It's all the same thing. If you ask me, it's all the same yeah. thing. It's just a way that we humans are going around and we're kind of uh, 
we're interpreting this stuff. We, we love labels. Labels. I we was love labels. To say the same God, thing. So, love yeah. labels. Yeah. We do. We love labels. And that's actually, uh, there's a, a, a work that I'm working on right now. That's what it's titled. It's titled Labels. You'll love it. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, and that's what it's about. It's about the whole premise. We just have to, we have to label every single thing. And like Joe said, what does it matter? Yeah. Well, and I mean, yeah. if you, if you really break down, right, though, you, like you said, the thought that ultra meaning better. Um, if if any being has the ability to travel across the galaxy, the solar system, uh, interdimensionally, whatever the case may be, they're far more advanced than we are. So in, in all actuality, to your point, they're all better. Therefore, they're all ultra terrestrial. It would be by that definition, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, what you always it, get into is that being an umbrella term for a lot of things. Because mm-hmm. a lot it, of people... Really- a catch-all you know yep. and and it's what is ultimately done is it's divided researchers yeah oh yeah well we've been throwing cryptids under under ultra terrestrials now big time yeah. yes yeah. well and, and, you know, let, go ahead joe it, it's one of those things that it it almost feels like and this is just me being you know hanging around ron too long is what this is what I'm about to say is this this does like the the way the terminology has been broken down and the way that there's so many labels put on there it's almost like there was some kind of like push for a um you know a division some kind of disinformation that was purposefully put there to cause division so that way people wouldn't work together based off literally a concept yeah. well you know I, it was funny that you just said that because I was ready to say when i when i step back said you'll go ahead joe is that the problem is is that everybody is researching separate topics individually instead of looking at it holistically and you're right it does seem to be like every time there's a a a spike in let's look at everything together something will come around that separates or divides people again to look at it individually again so it's you know it, it 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 it's hard not to be a little conspiracy theory on that topic it, well, it really is and we it, talked it, about that once already we on have our show. yeah and basically it boils down to everybody wants to be right yeah and and that was one of the reasons actually why later uh after wild and weird west virginia was started and after wild and weird radio was really kicking into gear why we started the west virginia high strangeness collective is to be a centralized data collection point for various people with their own specific skill set to be able to work on whatever given topic they're interested in and collect the data, pull it together. Because you might have some kind of weird sighting that involves a UFO and a possible what people view and would describe as a Sasquatch sighting that are combined. Right. And the Bigfoot researcher they can do their part on the thing that was walking on the ground. The UFO researcher can do their part on the UFO and then they can put those together and actually come up with a solid explanation that that would suffice for data collection anyway, as to what actually occurred was, was there actually some kind of connection between these two events or were they completely isolated from one another, but just so happened to take place in the same place. Right. So let me yeah. ask this of the of the collective. So you've got your your Bigfoot person right that looks at it. You've got your UFO person that looks at it. Does anybody look at all the data 
though, not from a Bigfoot perspective or a UFO perspective, but more just a how is this all connected? Yes. Okay, because, you know, I've found that um, if I look at Bigfoot sightings through a UFO lens, I see things differently. And if I look at UFO sightings through a Bigfoot lens, I see things differently. Yeah. Okay. And and that is why we, um, Ron and I are are and a friend of ours, Dave, and and Wayne has been helping out with workshops and stuff. Uh, we're eventually gonna make Wayne move to West Virginia, and then he'll be stuck with us. But, <laughs> hey, I'm making Josh move to Arizona, so <laughs> we'll, just, we'll have an East Coast branch and a West Coast branch. <laughs> right. Well, I can't move there because I say the word color correctly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. He always gets us on that one. You know, Appalachia, we've got our own dialect. Yep. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's, we all actually, most of the people who are in the collective, we look at it from this whole perspective. We look at the whole pie. We don't just, you know, dive in from one perspective. Now, me, for example, I have a background in the forest and I'm a master naturalist. So things that walk on the ground make way more sense to me and I can track those things. Mm-hmm. You know, if you put me on a site where a location is, I can pretty well tell you where whatever critter was there moved around, what direction it went, and I can walk its path for a good bit till I lose its trail. Now, Ron, where he comes in handy is he's got 30 years of UFO experience. He's got years of paranormal research experience. And so he can look at those things, but he also comes out with me on the Bigfoot stuff and Wayne's come out. We actually went out in an area that had a sighting, uh, the literal or well, it wasn't a full sighting. It was a class B, uh, activity the very next day that me and Wayne and my wife were out there in the woods. Um, so it, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things where we all look at it through the lens of, of everything, Mm -hmm. but we've got our own specific skill set. Exactly. If we limit ourselves, we're we're just gonna we're not gonna find anything. Yeah. And the collectives, the whole dream of the collective, it's probably a pipe dream. But you know, the reality is, we just want people to work together. Yeah. That's the goal is to get the researchers to share data yep. and not be like, oh, this is my story. Yep. You know, it's everyone's story. You know, this this affects everyone. You literally could have a piece of a puzzle that could could solve a you know millennia old puzzles right we, we don't know this you know this is where i've always agreed with that too i've been doing improv comedy for 25 years in theater and uh but improv specifically you don't do by yourself it is not stand-up it is always meant for two or more and um it makes a huge difference and in fact i teach a lot of corporate team building as well using the 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 uh, collaboration that improv teaches you and josh and i have taken a lot of that into our business into our research into the folks that we meet and continue to grow uh basically a community slash collective in that as well and it is and it is the cool thing about improv improv they this community they share everything with everybody there is no such thing as stealing like an improv game or a a trick or anything like that because everyone just shares it's this it was legit a community and i've been seeing a lot more lately of folks like us rebuilding a paranormal community that is more of an actual community um and coming from different aspects you know just like i said improv you could have a stand-up background theater background none of that background you know like you have but it all works together so 
And I'm, I'm always glad to keep meeting folks like you guys, because the more and more we've been interviewing folks, the more and more we're starting to see that that old guard, that old way is kind of finally starting to fall away. Yes. Yes, guys, I will send you an autograph. Just stop it. <laughs> Thank yes, you. That's all that's I wanted. All I wanted. Can, it, can, I you, can you send me a, a big foot yard ornament oh. and then sign the cheek? Can you sign don't, the cheek? Don't, don't pause after big. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. I was I was making a, I was making a joke one night to Stefan and, and our friend Santosh. Already a problem. And I was looking at <laughs> Amazon for a Bigfoot costume, and I actually found a costume that is a giant foot. <laughs> it's just a foot. Just a, a foot. foot. A foot <laughs> is a costume. I thought you were. I thought you were getting ready to go down the Jim Mosley and freaking Gray Barker route. Let's make some hoaxes just to piss some people (laughs) off and make our research look bad. (laughs) Yeah, but it's fun. (laughs) Yeah, really. Um, So, I think we've uh, beat the uh, ultra terrestrial uh, topic to death, Um, or to life, whichever. Stefan, what was the uh, out of it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we squatched it. I know what I was going to ask next. Uh, so we did an episode on Astral Stewart, our show with with our friend Santosh, talking about cryptid reproduction. Um, and in that in that episode, we you know we kind of thought about you know how that all happens. I don't want to get into that here. What I do want to know though from from Joe, if you know if you're a master tracker, I assume you know you can you can follow scat and tracks and all that kind of stuff. Do Bigfoots poop in the woods? Um, I mean, I'm assuming yes. Uh, <laughs> just because that's the time. Uh, there, there has been. Um, Ken Walker has like too much Bigfoot poop in his freezer. Um, <laughs> he has a whole upright like freezer in the top compartment. Yeah, I imagine he puts it all together and like Jurassic Park just sticks his hand in there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it's more like Close Encounters. This means something. (laughs) 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 I had to. Well, I mean, it makes, I mean, we were talking about, I mean, what would Bigfoot poop look like? I mean, I would imagine you would It'd be a be rope. Because uh, I said, well, dear it, God, I hope it's not like a deer. And there's just like golf ball sized pellets <laughs> falling out of his ass. <laughs> Machine gun crap. Yep. Uh, well, it, so we assume that it's going to be a rope, right? Like that's what everybody's found that they allege is Bigfoot poop. And it's just because right. it's like, you know, y'all have seen a pop can, right? Well, imagine like a two liter, a two liter bottle uh, of, of poop wad like just wow. a monster um there that's what mostly like the size of what ken has found there's been some other guys wow. up in british columbia that's found defecation um and it's uh oh gosh there's a guy that's actually getting ready to um the the, the guy who created monster quest oh. doug Hotchick. um he is actually in the process of finding somebody to uh, do an actual open source lab uh, mm. analysis oh. where it's going to be a public analysis. It's not going to be done in a private lab. Um, and he's doing hair scat, um, the dermal capturings off windows, uh, all that kind of stuff, like the um, mm-hmm. like grease off their skin and hands. Yep. 
And uh, that's all going to be in Legend Meets Science 2, I would imagine, because that's, that's a new production he's working on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so if, if we're talking about something that's a relic hominid, right, that's what the, the general train of thought revolving around Sasquatch is, is that it's a relic hominid. Uh, hominids, the way our digestive tract is made, we've got the, the one sphincter, at the very bottom and one sphincter just up above it. That is why our poop comes out like a rope. And so if you see rope like poop, normally it's, it's either going to be human poop um, just because of the way it's shaped. Uh, it's going to be human in nature. We'll, we'll put it that way. Uh, just like, you know, dog poop doesn't look like human poop. It's got those pointy ends on each, mm-hmm. each yeah. side of the turd. It's because they have the, an extra sphincter in, in their uh, pooping chamber. so it gives it an extra little pinch so you got that little it starts off in a sharp point ends on a sharp point and and ours break off more in logs that's why you know the 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 old adage i'm gonna go drop a log yeah yeah (laughs) and i i did we we were looking into it while we were talking to you know um just you know because first people's thought is anything big out there is bear shit and it's like no bear shit's not what you think either yeah (laughs) Bear, bear poops like um when it's not laden with berries, like say right mm-hmm. now, if you go look and find bear poop, it's going to look like a cow pie full of berries. Yeah. But if you find it during the earlier part of the year when they're eating more roughage and carrion um, or they're predating on other animals, you're going to get this rectangle. Wow, I went straight up hillbilly there. Rectangle. Hey, that's <laughs> all right. It, we, it, it catches us sometimes. Too. We're, we're going to get this rectangle-shaped uh and it's kind of flat on on the top and bottom and it's rectangle shaped um mm. so theirs is more like one of those play-doh squeeze devices yeah. that you're trying to make the, the pillars <laughs> and it, but it comes out almost in like equal sized sections um so like it, it, when you find it in the woods there's there's equal sized rectangles that are all and it's really easy to id um, so so i could use some bear poop and make a little pyramid in the woods you could you could. <laughs> you, you could, could. also like rocks. Why don't I just feel like Wayne is like, I can't wait to get my ruler out later tonight and just figure this shit out, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you think that I haven't already? <laughs> Round two. <laughs> Round two of a two. <laughs> Round deuce. Round deuce. <laughs> it, it would be a round deuce. Yeah. <laughs> which is how on, guys. which is how star shaped UFOs came into existence. Yeah. There we go. It's just a yeah. big god shitting in the in space. <laughs> just flying around. It's caught up in our gravity and just circles the globe. That's yep. what a mua mua is. That's a total poop. Yeah. So we we are the toilet. <laughs> just <laughs> Yes. I mean we do yes. have a lot of water. So I'm just gonna say, your your point is valid. Yeah. We have a lot of water. My brother, my brother uh, has moved around a lot. He's lived around the world and things like that. And he always has joked him and his best friend always used. To, we're, we're originally from Toledo, Ohio, and he always, oh, this town's a toilet. They always used to call it a toilet, which it is. And um, but they, he started from the time he moved out to New Mexico in college. He took a picture 
uh, of the toilet that he had in the first the first toilet he had in the town that he moved to. And he has this whole big thing of every toy. He's got one from Italy, from all over the place, like this toilet. It just says same toilet, different town. <laughs> he's got like 50 different toilets. Like of, he, he's been doing it for years. And every so often that picture frame gets bigger. <laughs> it's like it's fantastic. That's he, awesome. he, he needs to get a new hobby. Oh, yeah. I've been telling him that for a long time. Being a parent ain't enough. Just uh, <laughs> move on to bathtubs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Please wash your hands. Can you? <laughs> Look, honey, they got a sink in the toilet. That's a bidet. So anyways, <laughs> That's um, a bidet. I thought so, it was a water fountain. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. That's how you got E. coli. Yeah, really. All right. That'd be my um, son's name. If I ever have another son. <laughs> e. coli. E. coli. Ezekiel coli. Bond. <laughs> first name would just be E. E. Yeah. E period. Make him sound fancy. Yeah. He can pontificate <laughs> on things. That's like we always joke. There was a girl in one of our summer camps. Her name was Ladasha, and it was spelled L-A-A. And that was on I'm pretty sure she probably went to Marshall too because I was in class with the Ladasha. I, I'm telling, I've seen it. I think twice now. I've seen I've seen it once on TV, and then one of the girl that we had in there. I'm like, did it kind of become a popular thing? Like, so her so we, her name had a hyphen in it, but they they pronounced, pronounced it the dash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah, my mom was gonna name me Colin. Colin. Oh, that would have been accurate. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Colon prostate barns. <laughs> CBD. So his, so his, his, his name now is just Wayne Prostate Barns. That's yeah. I, I can't understand. I can't understand why they always abduct me and anal probe me. I just don't know. You <laughs> yeah. lost your prostate years ago. They're like, that's guy. Whoop. You don't even say anything. Don't say anything. Put him back. Oh they think goodness. they're picking up someone new every time. You know, they're like, "Oh, we'll get this dude." Oh, damn, it's him again. Oh, oh it's that it's prostate just, guy. <laughs> he wasn't wearing a hat this time. We thought it was a different guy. You know? Yeah, we saw the glare. It just threw us off. Yeah, I'm totally different without my hat. Yeah, where'd you go? <laughs> Some other guy was here for a little bit. <laughs> my stunt double. <laughs> oh, we liked him God. better. Bring him back. That's right. Uh, so, so now I now I know you guys focus a lot on West Virginia, which why not? But do you guys because I mean we tell everybody about you guys too, and especially we have a lot of folks, Eastern Kentucky and, and Pennsylvania. You get around the Virginia and all this stuff. You guys get hits from other people as well. Cause it, I mean, you guys seem to me to be the place I would send people anywhere within that five, six state region. Ron, you want this one? Oh, well we get, I mean, I've, I've had reports from literally California, but we, it's not like we can go and right. you know investigate there. We do get a lot of uh, local, um, yeah. I'm surprised we don't get more. I'll be honest with you. Um, I think that a lot of it comes down to uh, a lot of people. They don't want to know what it may be. Yeah. I think that that's what you get a lot of it at. That, now, the people who are legit. Um, sometimes the property owners can be a little sketched out by having people they don't know on uh, coming out. Yeah. So they won't yeah. give you an exact location. Now, they'll submit the report. 
but yeah. when when it comes around to actually getting boots on the ground, they're kind of like uh, they don't want you to stumble okay. on their weed farm. So yeah, no, literally, that's yeah, I know, I know, is. Kentucky. Absolutely. Trust me, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in Arizona now, guys. It's all fine. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that's you know yeah, that's yeah, in Arizona. We just find their sand farm. Yep so much there. but yeah I, th- I think that's some of our issues i think that we have uh you know a lot of people who uh they want to keep it quiet too you know uh yeah and like joe says they send these little oh well here's what i i got a picture of they'll send pictures mm-hmm. I and mean, it'll be a zoomed in picture of a light in the sky or you know a blurry something you can't tell anything from that yeah and uh you figure out real quick what to ask and uh, how far to ask before you just say okay that's so, good <clears throat> i don't want to i don't want to necessarily talk about the docu-series hillier but i do want to talk about a piece of it which is <clears throat> what do you all think about um things living in caves like you know the the things that kind of describe I mean, how can we not was, think about i was kentucky and i was recently in a cave and i can answer that for you spiders Spiders live in caves. That's nope. really big no, ones. no, really big spiders. Oh, I hate spiders. <laughs> no, really, really big spiders. Um, but no, I was underground and uh, crawling around down there, and I did find some really cool stuff. And uh, I don't know what it was. Uh, you know, uh, we're still looking into some of that stuff. Uh, I do believe that there were some things underground, uh, I should say, but I don't necessarily believe that they were cryptids um i think that there's some evidence that points to uh a lot of underground stuff yeah um and that's not just here that's everywhere yeah uh, there oh, was a point sure. where there's a lot you know, of tales and stuff out here as well um, yes. but i mean you know us being able to be such close well when i was there here it's all mines but <laughs> out there you know it's like i've been i've been in a million uh caves just living in kentucky and you know i'm nope. always fascinated by the animals that live there the see-through ones and and how animals evolve in these areas like in new mexico and white sands there all the animals are white so you've got these foxes that are white these these creep all the insects have turned white the burr everything is white to mm-hmm. match the environment and much like the cave systems as well and we still have so much unmapped i mean who knows and then we you know josh and i have talked about it before how the same day that the uh kelly hopkinsville um experience happened just north of that in evansville indiana of course was the clawed beast of the ohio um and i was just listening to something on npr that you were talking about it and how that guy uh the the folks with the clawed beast uh did something that allowed them to get a lose the footage they were getting to the, the kelly hopkinsville but we always talked about it's like you know, they found stuff where the Kelly or where the Claude Beast was, was this particular mud that's only found, of course, in caves. And so we're like, well, how much stuff is traveling through these aquifers as well? I mean, we don't we assume we always know everything about things that we don't know anything about. <laughs> so. Oh, for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's, uh, Wayne has a uh, you know a really good point of view when it comes to caves. Uh, and basically, uh you know, uh, with Bigfoot and, and whatnot, I could see that being, you know, utilized. I can also see it being very ancient. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can see that, you know, through some of the ancient legends that these these were not just caves, they were modified and they were actually built for a mm-hmm. purpose. And that purpose was to uh, possibly uh, 
be a refuge for uh, some survivors. So well, to speak. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely, you know, so- we start getting into even any of the shaver stuff or any of that. Yeah. You know, some of the I listened to a, a book on tape uh, not too long ago that was talking about a lot of subterranean bases, and I think it was written by uh, Gray Barker. I mean, I, I mean, Valiant Thor, um, and uh, <laughs> and um, one of the things that we talked about is is that there's apparently at Malta, the island out there near Italy, is one of the biggest entry points uh, into some of those underground caverns, and uh, they were talking, you know, they're telling a story that. Uh, they were starting down this tunnel in Malta and they hear this, you know, noise, kind of something coming from up ahead. So they uh, douse their lights and then all of a sudden they're attacked and they run back up the stairs. And, you know, it's just all of that kind of stuff. And this book was chock full of just various um, accounts of people stumbling upon, you know, corridors and lit corridors and things that are just kind of like appear in the strata of a cave or of a mine and then you know, when they think nobody's looking and then um, you know disappear or they go back the next day and there's no evidence that it was ever there so it's just you know it make, really makes me wonder how much is just you know just in you know feet or 100 feet or 200 feet under our under our own feet uh, that we just don't ever know about or see I mean, and I'm making a joke, but I mean this, though, like I think about, you know, in The Hobbit, when Bilbo does, he accidentally trips and goes down and finds this huge cavern off the rest of where they were, right? And that's where he meets Gollum and stuff like that. But I mean, we know from living in cave country that that shit, it can happen. I mean, you literally, you could be in this tiny space and have no idea that there's a huge cavern open on the other side of the thin wall that's next to you because of how just spacious it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's crazy, the, man. The way the cave systems were formed and, and all that. And there's some of like Ron had mentioned, there's some of the ones that do appear to be modified. Yeah. Um, you can see evidence of possible ancient tooling. Um well, look at the lava tubes out west. Like I've been in a, I've hiked yeah. a number of lava tubes and they seem fake to me. Like because it does, it yeah. seems you talk about feeling modified, right? it's a lava tube like what was it really lava or was it some ancient machine creating uh this pocket and they're they're insane i've, I've hiked four or five of them in new mexico and oh, arizona wow. they're great <laughs> yeah one of the big things that you can tell especially is with some of the strata that you find around some of these caves um like if for example uh soapstone soapstone is not something you're going to find on on the surface of the ground right right it's going to be buried deep underneath and if you're finding like soapstone chunks gravel and whatnot uh down in the bottom of a hill and you're finding a cave or something up above there's a good chance that that cave at some point had been excavated out to a degree now it Mm -hmm. it might not have been completely it might just been like oh well this is nice it'd be nicer if it was bigger and they just you know made it bigger and that's where you would get some of those uh, minerals that are being ripped out and then dispersed down below because gravity's great when you're up on a hillside. You just chuck whatever out behind you and it's just going to roll hundreds of yards away. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it hits somebody. But anyways, um, well, there's that story, too, of that uh, that guy, Kentucky, that, you know, fell into the cave. Boyd and then, Collins. Yeah, and then, you know, they set up an amusement park <laughs> around, yeah. around it. I love, I love the 1800, late 1800s, man. It sold <laughs> hot dogs and everything. <laughs> and then they but, took his body after it died, and that was an exhibit for a yeah. long, long time. <laughs> Seriously, Mammoth Cave area is crazy. 
it, it is weird. And a lot of these cave systems are directly responsible for the many, many missing people that we have out there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Because there, there's certain areas of land, like you were saying earlier, with you could be walking on top of that thin wall. Oh. And then all of a sudden. And that through. has happened a lot of times. A lot of the yeah. caves that get discovered, that is exactly what happens. And yep. I'm sure you guys are familiar with the missing 411 docs. Yeah. You guys yeah. watch those yet? Yeah, those are fascinating. Um, you know, but that's a, that's the first thing I always think of because, you know, a lot of times these are mountainous areas and things like that. And I'm like, this dude fell in a cave. That's why you're not finding anything. And it could be so overgrown, you wouldn't even see the tiny hole yep. that he went into. Well, and then, you know, my, my uh, grandmother grew up uh, for a little while in uh, Wayne County, Kentucky. Uh, yay! Yay! It's named after you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, I, I was trying to figure out a way to work you back into the conversation, Wayne. Um, oh, I was waiting. <laughs> so, but she actually was out. Her uh, grandfather was a, was a minister and was renting a house on this farm. And she was out walking one day and uh, she said, like, a cow just disappeared. And it was because it walked and it, a sinkhole opened up and the cow fell 30 feet down into the sinkhole. Oh my God. But I mean, that's it. That yeah, kind of stuff just happens. Cow patty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really. And see, so the Sasquatch hiding in the caves didn't even have to, that's their trap set up. They got yeah. meat for the next <laughs> week. <laughs> well, it's probably a, a, a trap, you know, so they can catch food. It probably was a trap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah There's no such thing as natural sinkholes. It's only Sasquatch traps. Yes. Always. <laughs> Wait, you, haven't, you haven't been to my area of town then. Just north of me, they're everywhere. Sinkholes. They're just. No, they're, no, they're Sas, Sasquatch traps. You have to start using the Sasquatch term. Trap. <laughs> There's actually spears sticking up at the bottom. Yeah. With Sasquatch like, trap. With <laughs> the old Atari game pitfall. Like, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> if there's no vine nearby, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, about oh, pitfall Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Loved him. Me too, man. Still one of my favorite games. What but, you know, uh, talking about uh, a little bit about lava tubes, Stefan, you know, did, did y'all see that um, article? Maybe it's about a year ago where they found lava tubes, really big lava tubes on the moon. Did you all see that? Mm-hmm. Yes. I, no? I, I don't remember that. Yep. So they actually did. They, I guess they shot some radar at the moon or whatever, and actually. Oh, found I remember we talked about that. Humongous yeah. lava tubes on the moon, big enough to fit entire cities inside. Cities. Yeah. Yeah. I wow. forgot about that. Yeah, Which, we'll have uh, to find that article. Yeah, we talked about that a long time ago. It's a new name. Everybody knows that the moon is made out of cheese. <laughs> so listen, don't try to put this scientific stuff by me. I, I we did my old comedy group Wayne. We did a uh, a mockumentary called Disaster Prep. The moon is down. It's about these two guys that believe the moon was made out of cheese and that it was going to crash into the earth and that all the rats and mice were going to take over the earth. And so they have a bunker the whole nine yards. It's, you would have been perfect in that with me. <laughs> we would have had a blast, man. <laughs> I can do some improv. Oh, man, it was. Yeah, the whole thing was improvised and it was fine. And we kind of, you know, we had an idea for what scenes were going to be and stuff like that. But, yeah, it was these two two redneck boys from South Kentucky and just trying to create a bunker because the moon's going to be falling soon. (laughs) I've been like, get the crackers, boys. Get the crackers. We had we had like guns filled with cat piss because it like warded the the mice away. Like, (laughs) 
Yeah, you? Not scary, in real life. Okay. Part is, though, I just want to know how you collected the cat piss. Yeah, that's where I was going with. Oh no, we in the in the in the movie there we have a dealer. His name's Hobart, and he would get us. We're idiots, so like he obviously you can you, the the camera comes in. He's obviously behind a dumpster pissing into a mason jar, and he, <laughs> oh, he's like, oh yeah, boys, I got yeah. you guys some genuine tiger piss this week. Like, and we're like, oh my god. <laughs> and everybody knows you just milk them, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the really scratched up arms is the one that does it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Joe Exotic. One eye, scratches all over. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, but anyways, uh, so yeah, um, you know, just what kind of goes back to the whole, and I don't know if we talked about it when we were on your all show, but uh, the idea that the moon um, is an artificial satellite then, um, is some way. by Hitler and T-Rexes with laser beams. Yeah. Um, well, I, I've also heard that it may have been like some sort of a an arc type situation, and you know the stories of the arc was actually talking about um, you know the actual moon itself, and it carried life. That. It was called Planet Two. It was a good <laughs> sci-fi movie. So interesting. So yeah, apparently y'all haven't heard that one yet either. So part two, the sequel. <laughs> I know. I'm that. watching. You got. You're watching Joe, but I'm watching Ron the whole time. <laughs> I'm like, he knows. He knows. I heard it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's a, there's a, actually a lot of uh, lunar mythology, I guess you would call it, right? Uh, and you know, it, you you kind of want to laugh some of this off, but um, okay, let's say that there was once a, a space station, uh, a very ancient one. Okay, and, there once was a space station, and it was a very ancient one. That's good. Now we just add it. that to music, <laughs> and we've okay. got the introduction. To like you the nineteen seventies, okay. Arc two. Well, we'll work right up to it. But um, but no, uh, you, you look at that and you think about that, and we talked about this too, Amuamua, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, is it a rock? You know, uh, what what happens to these ancient structures after you know billions of years? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe maybe they were bombarded enough with uh you know enough dirt debris etc now they look like that who knows i mean i'm not gonna rule it out but i'm not gonna run out and say yeah the moon's well that's no moon so there's some there's some really good points about it and i know we're i know we're coming up on time so i'll make them really quick so um number one point is uh nasa hit it with a bomb and it rung for 47 minutes right that's fact that's good right that happened number two um a lot of uh geologists look at it and say the craters are too shallow if it was being hit with those size uh meteorites it the craters should be a lot deeper than what they are and so being the craters are too shallow it's almost like it's hitting something underneath what we see that's causing them to break up and then just redistribute whatever the broken pieces up are back on the surface yeah Okay, so I figured it out. The moon is made of vibranium. <laughs> ah, yes. That's why it also rung, because it was it was vibrating. And yep. then pieces of that flew to Wakanda. Bingo. Man. There you go. Problem We're done. Solved. Good night, everybody. We just fixed it all. <laughs> Wakanda forever! <laughs> Wakanda forever! So, 
All right. Well, guys, uh, I want to thank you all for coming on again. It has been an absolute blast. Um, I want to give you an opportunity. Can you know where people find Wild and Weird? And your event coming up as well. Yep, your event. Yeah. You can find us at our house. We have Wild and Weird Con coming up. You guys, uh, anybody, come around. We're we're having a convention at Chief Logan State Park, November sixth, and it's going to be huge. It is a uh, research-based convention. There's going to be workshops, speakers, and there's vendors going to be there selling their amazing handmade artwork. Uh, plus, you're going to be able to get your signatures from Wayne. And, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you going to have any? You going to have any yard ornaments there, Wayne? We yard Probably. I can. I can bring you one if you're coming. He's coming. Josh <laughs> yeah, is coming. coming. I can't make yeah. it, but Josh will be there. Oh, you are coming, Josh. Yep. Oh, awesome. Nice. Sweet. We're trying to grab our friend Santosh to come along as well. It just depends. But yeah, if I could be there, boy, I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to be a blast. And um, then we've got Wild and Weird Radio, of course. And mm-hmm. you can find us anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, you can find us at wildandweirdwv.com. Uh, we've got all kinds of resources and various media there as well as our shop. You can find, kind of go there and take a look and find some goodies that you want and have it delivered. Amazing, cool stuff, man, Joe. I love your stuff, man. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm so I'm a, cool. I'm about to pick up like everything you have uh, for my office that I don't have that <laughs> will have in Arizona. So. Oh, that's yeah, okay. We, you don't have to buy any of my stuff. Thanks. Well, no. <laughs> I'm going to buy the concrete yard ornament you're going to bring me. But I didn't make that. Oh, yeah. You can go to Clark and get that. <laughs> So, so yeah, everything that you find there on the shop, that's made by us. Uh, and and we, we manufacture it all. And Ron does a bunch of paintings. And we haven't got those added to the website because we're still trying to figure out how to get shipping worked out without yeah. them getting Because we all know how careful parts yeah, are handled. That, yeah. That's rough. But, uh, yeah, there's there's a few things that go over there that that sell out really fast. Like the Hopkinsville yep. Goblin, we did that. That sold out extremely fast. I love um, the Flatwoods, <laughs> yep. which always makes me think of Les Odell. So, <laughs> good old Les coming at you. Oh um, so, yeah. Then uh, you can catch us anywhere else on the road. Uh, Mothman Festival. We're going to be at Cryptid Con as well. Um, we've got the Flatwood Monster Festival kind of thing. It's called Braxy Bazaar. It's on September 11th. You guys can come uh, meet me and Ron there. Wayne will be at Mothman with us, and he'll also be at CryptidCon with us. Mothman will be very special this year. There will be something very special at Mothman this year at our booth. It is top secret. It's it's Ron. It's Ron. He's the one that's special. (laughs) It's Ron. (laughs) Did you all all book Mothman? That's awesome. (laughs) Awesome. <laughs> You're just gonna have to show up and find out. Okay, Indrid okay. Cold himself. Indrid Cold. He's gonna be there. Yeah, Indrid Cold. Tanya's he's gonna be there, blaming stuff. everybody. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> and um, we're we're gonna we're working on getting um, Wayne Barnes stuff also included there from Wayne Barnes Designs. It's gonna be included there in the website soon. Uh, we just got to get some kinks ironed out and everything will work up fine there at that point so then you'll be able to go pick up wayne's hand-drawn just 
amazingness. Oh yeah, we are. Oh, yeah. we, Wayne knows no no blowing yeah. sunshine up his ass at all. But we actually really love his art, so it is really yep. good. Thank you, guys. Yep. Though I do like blowing sunshine up your ass though at the same time. <laughs> I like you doing it. It's because he's from the planet Love. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna like devastate you, you and eat your ass later. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> I will take a shower just for you, son. <laughs> Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, Thank no, you. we're we are looking forward. I'd love to do this again with you guys. What an absolute blast this has been, both being on your show, having you guys here, uh, Ron, and eventually we would absolutely love to just have you on so we can pick your brain so that Wayne doesn't talk the whole time. Uh, Wayne. <laughs> If you average it out between this one and the last one, when you were on our show, it's it's just a small amount. Oh, that's you don't have to say that about yourself. It's bigger than <laughs> like a tuna can. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> All right. Well, on that, guys. Yeah, again, really. Thank you that. so much. <laughs> Check like out Wild and Weird, you guys. Like Wild Weird West Virginia. Right? It's absolutely amazing. And uh, check it out. And, uh, you know, we've said we'll be at Paracon uh, in Louisville, of course. Um, and if you want to ask us anything about the Wild and Weird, guys, please, because I'll talk about you guys. So. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. When, when is Paracon? It is the first weekend in October. Yeah, October. Well, I may have to swing over and see. Yeah, you guys. I would love to see you. Yeah, there's gonna be some cool stuff. So Keith Age is running that. It's also mixed with uh, the fright fear f- shit. What is it? Fright film. Fright I- fest. Fright fest. And so like the cast of Monster Squad is gonna be there and stuff. So it's a slash horror slash paranormal That's convention. Right, alley and, there, uh, right? Yeah. So horror, horror, or or what? Or or what? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So that'll be a lot of fun. But uh, anyways, thank you guys so much, and uh, we will catch you all on the flip side, man. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Joe, Ron, and I guess Wayne. Uh, thank you guys so <laughs> much. No, seriously, thank you guys so much, man. Uh, you know, we talk about them all the time, but Wild and Weird, WV com. Go check that out. If you're near the area, go to the con. Uh, if not, check out Wild and Weird Radio. You can also find them on Facebook. Again, we we are always on there as well. And uh, Joe said it there. They have a ton of resources on their page, their web page, and it's fantastic, man. Um, they definitely have their shiz together a tad bit more than us when it comes to the website. Yeah. <laughs> but man, it's great. And there's a fun picture of uh, Wayne <laughs> holding the squash stick. <laughs> which is always fun. Uh, but yeah, again, thank you guys so much. And uh, what, what a great, what a great conversation. Man. Yeah. It was just a really fun show tonight. Just yep. fantastic. So. Uh, so just a reminder while you're out there uh, visiting them, don't forget to visit us. If you haven't already clicked links and shares and all that stuff on our social media, do so the same like share rate review, wherever you can find our podcast, wherever you can rate and review as well as our YouTube channel. I mean, if you're a YouTube guy and you want it there, Every podcast gets uploaded to YouTube as well, as well as our show Astral Stew with Santosh, which is a live uh, video show, um, which is always lots of fun. Um, Let's see. What else did I need to say? Oh, just a reminder to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash fearscapepod or fearscapepodcast.com slash support. Uh, There you can join, uh, become a part of the elite group of blanket huggers uh, that have been uh, helping us out and getting some cool behind the scenes stuff. We've got our separate one as well, separate but equal because you can have both there, but our wristwatch talking about 
Wrist, uh, Terry Wrist, uh, the man claiming to be Terry Wrist, and all the emails we got sent. Uh, me, you, and Santos just had literally a two-hour conversation that we're going to be sharing soon um, about everything because the last couple emails have been pretty good as well. Um, a dude even emailed us in the middle of us talking about him, so that was <laughs> yeah pretty pretty rad, I gotta say. Um, but yeah, remember to get on there. Even a dollar a month helps, um, you know, uh, just get on there. We only go up to $15, so it's not that much. And there you get a free mug or socks or whatever the heck you want, I guess. I don't remember what it is, but yeah, check that out. It's fantastic there. Uh, you can also go on our website. You can, you know, go to our store. We already talked about that. Get my t-shirt, get his t-shirt <laughs> or socks. I'm getting a pair of socks with JD on it. That's what I want. Um, and then uh, one of the really cool things I'm gonna let Josh, we got a, an announcement. We did announce it on social media, but just in case not all of you are on social media, I uh, wanted to share some really cool news, some something that happened to us. Yeah. So um, we got uh, nominated uh, and are in the final running um, for an award with the uh, uh, pod, uh, Podcast People's Choice Awards. Yep, 16th annual. From what I've gathered, yep. it's one of the largest podcast awards there are, which is pretty cool. And we're in the, uh, we're in the I think, best entertainment podcast mm-hmm. category. Um, so, yeah, we're, you know, uh, they, they emailed us and asked us to put together a, uh, an acceptance speech. We don't know yet if we've actually won, but uh, if we win, then they'll use that uh, as part of the uh, award ceremony that airs in September. September 30th. Yeah. And we'll be sharing that the live feed for that. So, I mean, I, you know, it, it's a great, fantastic honor to be nominated. Just the nomination alone means so much to me. But obviously, mm-hmm. if we win, it'll be fantastic as well. Yeah, and so. getting us into the, the finals was really, really great. Um, thank you to everyone. If you happen to have been a part of that, I know they they choose um, a number of random folks every year. Um, so uh, thank you guys so much. Yep. Um, but I want to uh, get moving here, Josh, and uh, let's go ahead and quickly get into encounters from the Fearscape. Encounters from the Fearscape. So this week on Encounters from the Fearscape, uh, this story here comes from a listener named Ruth. And uh, Ruth comes from uh, Alabama. So we got a listener down in Alabama. And uh, this is uh, this is the story uh, from Ruth. And it, it'll shake you up like they all do. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I've decided to take the plunge and share my story. I, I love reading and hearing everyone else's stories. And so here it goes. Um, When I was 14, I was sitting at the dining room table with my two sisters. Uh, Both of them were older and both of them were married. They had stopped by for a visit. Uh, My mom was at the kitchen sink area. My sister was telling my oldest sister about something that happened when she was younger. She said soon after that my grandmother had died that she was sleeping in her room. She said she woke up and was having a really bad asthma attack. She couldn't yell for my mother even. She said that she was absolutely frightened. She said, grandmother appeared at the foot of the bed and said, don't worry, your mama's coming. You're going to be okay. And at that moment in the story, my mom dropped a plate. We all turned to her and she, no pun intended, was white as a ghost. She said that the same night she was sleeping that night, 
she felt someone touching her shoulder. She rolled over and it was grandma. And grandma said, hurry, go to Patty. She needs you. Needless to say, we all sat there in silence as we comprehended something that happened over 13 years ago and how the two stories were never told before that night yet coincided with one another. I never got to know my grandmother. She died soon after I was born, but I definitely felt like she was still taking care of our family. Thanks for listening. Wow, that, yeah. that's amazing. That's cool, that. man. Like to see. And so like, again, I, I, uh, it's almost, almost like phantasms of the living, right? Yeah. <laughs> phantasms of the dead though. But here she is going to both of them. One to say, Hey, don't worry about it. While at the same time is in the other room saying, honey, go get your daughter. She's, she's, she's in danger. Well, and it kind of reminds me of, um, uh, so I don't think I may have told it a long time ago. But, uh, but an old um, boss that I had, um, she had just had uh, a, a, a son and uh, or a daughter. I can't remember which. And, um, but it was, it was a baby, you know, sleeping in the crib. Mm-hmm. And her and her husband were um, like shuddered awake one night with a voice saying, your daughter's dying. Mm. And they jumped up and ran uh, to, the, to, the, to the bassinet and her daughter was choking in her sleep wow and of course they you know they got her up they got her you know the this the obstruction was cleared and she was fine and she she's you know healthy lived you know been 20 years ago later whatever but but there's still just the fact that you know she can't she comes when they, they come when when you really need them the most right so for sure that's why it's like anytime you think that you've had an experience you know, with a, a loved one or whatever, really question why, why, why were they there? You know, were they there just to say hi? Was it that kind of thing? Or yeah. were they wanting you to pay attention to something? Yeah. That's the thing I always think about. Um, but thank you so much for sending in that story. You can always send in your stories to fearscapepodcast at gmail.com uh, or just hit us up on any of the groups that we're in or social media that we're on or submit a sighting on the website. But as usual, thank you guys so much for sending those in. Um, but Josh, let's go ahead and get out of here. Um, uh, what a great show today. Just, yeah. just so excited about life just in a, general. <laughs> yeah, it was just a really uplift. I mean, uplifting doesn't, it's, it's not like we told, you know, emotional stories, but it really yeah. raised the energy of, of me for sure. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, again, uh, make sure to hit up those guys, uh, wild and weird wv.com or just hit them up on their Facebook pages. Uh, But let's go ahead and get out of here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening as always to Fearscape Paranormal Podcast here on the Fearscape Media Network home to such great podcasts as Misters of the Dark, uh, Ghosts in the Attic, Bodies in the Basement. Uh, You can check out fearscapemedia.com there. Uh, But until then, this has been Stefan. Keep your eyes to the skies, guys. This has been Josh, and the truth is now. And remember, folks, hold those blankets extra tight because things tend to get spooky when you're listening to Fearscape. Good night, everybody. Good night. We hope you have enjoyed this guidepost on the road of high strangeness with us. And we thank you, as always, for listening and joining our caravan to the weird and unknown. 
please consider supporting us as we continue our journey to find the answers we all seek. Fearscapepodcast.com forward slash support.